Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Matthew, chapter 7. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. We are coming to the close of the Sermon on the Mount. I told you some time ago that the Sermon on the Mount took Jesus just about 30 minutes to preach. And it's probably taken us 30 weeks but to get through. But it has been a blessing to hear what the Lord has to say here in this great sermon. Like any good preacher, Jesus understood the need for a good opening to his sermon and a good closing to his sermon. Oh, you might remember in Matthew chapter 5, 6 and 7 covers the Sermon on the Mount. And there in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus opened his sermon with these words, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. And that was a great way to open a sermon. A great way. That word blessed means, oh, how happy. It speaks of a blissful state. Jesus says that you will be happy, you will be in a blissful state if you are poor in spirit. That means to be broken. Well, when Jesus said that, I mean, he really got their attention. He got the disciples' attention. It was a great way to open a sermon. And here in Matthew chapter 7, just about verse 13, we start coming to the close of his sermon. And he's got a great closing to his sermon He closes with a series of contrasts to heed. If you were here over the last couple of weeks, you know. First of all, Jesus said that we had the contrast of two gates and two ways. One gate is narrow, which leads to the narrow way, and few people are on it. And the other gate is wide, and it leads to the broad way. Remember I told you? Avoid Broadway, not like in Manhattan, but the Broadway that leads to two or leads to destruction, which brought us to two destinations we talked about. Two destinations. One leads to destruction and the other leads to life. And then last week, if you were with us, we talked about two trees and two fruits. Two trees represent two prophets. One is a true prophet bearing fruit, and the other is a fake prophet, a faux prophet, a counterfeit prophet, and he's not bearing fruit. As a matter of fact, he's deceiving God's people. Well, this morning, today, we're going to talk about two men, two houses, and we're going to talk about these two houses, one built on the rock. I love that. And the other is built on sinking sand. Look with me, if you will, in Matthew chapter 7, beginning in verse 21. If you're there, saints, say amen. 
Now notice, notice in verse 21, Jesus says, and you should get your pen out, get your highlighter, you're going to need it. This is great. Look at verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my father in heaven. Man, we could preach for months. Not everybody that says I'm a Christian or says, Lord, Lord, is going to heaven. Who's going to heaven? The one who does the will of my father. Notice he goes on. And many will say to me in that day, in judgment day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? And have we not cast out demons in your name? And haven't we done many wonders or miracles in your name? And then I will declare to them, Jesus says, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye who practice lawlessness. Therefore, in verse 24, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a smart man, a wise man who built his house on the rock and the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. And it didn't fall for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, he will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rains descended, the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell and great was its fall. And so it was when Jesus had ended these sayings, notice this, the people were astonished at his teaching. When he ended these sayings, what sayings? The Sermon on the Mount. When Jesus closed his sermon, the people were astonished. That means shocked. It's almost like you ever see those cartoons when like the cartoon characters' eyes just, you know, just bulge out. And they were shocked. They couldn't believe it. They listened to these words and they were amazed and they were shocked at his teaching. Oh, that's what I love about the Lord. I love that about the Lord. When he speaks, he shocks people. You know, someone was, it was a, I think it was a, a commercial some time ago, said when E.F. Hutton speaks, everyone listens. You know, when Jesus speaks, everyone's shocked. Everyone's astonished. Yesterday, I went to the movies, and I encourage you to do so. Go check out this movie over at Crossroads 20. The Gospel of John. That is a great movie. I mean, I, you know, I'm not, I, I'm not one to like go run into the movies because there's a Bible movie out. I, I'm not like that. I, mean, I just about wait for it to get on DVD. I can see the whole family can see it for four bucks. But, you know, I, I'm, you know, I'm just not one to like go to the movies. But this particular movie I, I, I went to uh, yesterday, my wife and I, and, and I was surprisingly shocked. This movie was wonderful. I thought it was great. It was filmed. It was acted well. It was, it, was, it was just a good movie, the Gospel of John. And I was really proud of the Christian community because, you know, oftentimes, and, and I, Christian movies sometimes are just cheesy. I, 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 okay, I, I'm sorry. I, I'm not trying to be, but, but sometimes when Christians do movies and, you know, Hollywood doesn't really support it. I understand we don't have the same budget as they have for, like, you know, all these big blockbuster movies. But sometimes they're just so cheesy and they're so poorly acted and, and Jesus never looks like Jesus. 
as if we knew what Jesus looked like, but still, he just never looks like Jesus. But this movie, if Jesus looked like, I think Jesus looked like the guy in the movie in the Gospel of John, he looked like Jesus. That guy looked like Jesus. And even all the disciples, they looked like disciples. I, I mean, they did. They, they, were, they looked Jewish. This, is help. this helps. You know, when Jesus is blonde hair and blue eyes, I'm sorry, I got a problem with that. What do you want me to say? I don't know. But, but, but the, the disciples, they looked Jewish. Jesus looked Jewish. And, and it was a great movie. And the one thing I loved about the movie, I love this about the movie. The, um, you know, the Pharisees, as they walked around in their long, flowing robes and looked so holy. And they're standing around pontificating on the scriptures. And Jesus, I love this about the movie, and I love this about the Bible. Jesus would just walk in, just show up, like from behind the wall, and go, Hey, fellas, how you doing? I'm God. And all of you, "Ah! Who sent you? Where are you from? I am that I am. Kill him! Kill him! He claimed to be God. Jesus was always, he was not the politically correct preacher. Jesus never said anything that anybody liked, ever. He always said things that astonished the people. He always said things that shocked the people because his ways are not people's ways. He wasn't religious. He would tell people, you need to worship God in spirit and in truth. You need to worship God. And as you worship me, you're worshiping God. And the Pharisees, man, they just had a fit. Jesus was always astonishing people. And here we are at the close of his sermon, and he is astonishing people. They were astonished. I am astonished when I finish this sermon. They were astonished at his teaching. Why? Because in verse 29, he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. In other words, The scribes, the Pharisees, they loved to quote the rabbis. They would say, oh, well, Rabbi Hillel says this about this particular scripture. Well, Rabbi, this person says that, and Rabbi, that person says this, and they loved to quote other rabbis. Jesus didn't teach like the scribes and the Pharisees because it was Jesus who said, he said that that, that you have heard that it has been said But I say unto you, and when Jesus said that, he was putting his teaching above all others. Jesus didn't walk around quoting Rabbi Hillel. Jesus didn't walk around quoting other people. He said, listen, you've heard it this way. I'm telling you it's this way. And my teaching supersedes your teaching. And that's why the people were astonished because he didn't teach like the scribes, and he didn't teach like the Pharisees. And they were blown away. And so he says, in that day, in judgment day, many, verse 21, will say unto me, Lord, 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 Lord. Just because they say Lord, Lord, does not mean they're entering the kingdom of heaven. In other words, listen, just because a person names the name of Christ does not mean they're going to heaven. <laughs> this is shocking. 
This is pretty astonishing. Just because a person says, I love God and Lord, Lord, does not mean that they're going to heaven. And I think too often the Christian world, the Christian community, the church has allowed the world to bludgeon us into this position of let's not judge. Isn't that true? So when, you know, somebody is completely sinning and completely walking in the flesh and completely doing something horribly ungodly, they say, don't judge me. Don't judge me. You, who are you to judge me? Oh, we talked about this in previous studies. We talked about the fact that we're not the judge to condemnation, but to identification and then to restoration. You know it. Oh, no, we must judge. And the Christian community, I think it's uh, us born-again Christians, us spirit-filled folks, Jesus-loving Christians, I think too often we are willing to separate the, the message from the messenger. We're too willing to separate the message from the messenger. I mean, have, have you noticed, have you noticed that, that when, when Hollywood, in Hollywood, if somebody famous becomes a Christian or somebody famous says, oh, well, I'm, be, I'm born again and I'm a Christian. The church goes ballistic. They have them come speak in their churches. They, you know, they put them on the speaking circuit and they're, you know, come on in, sit up front, you know, glad hand. Oh, I know this famous person, athlete, whoever it might be, just because they name the name of Christ. Just because you make a profession of faith, I believe that we need to wait and see a progression in faith before we have them come and speak and know they're Christians and because you don't know you don't know give them some time you don't know how many times have we seen people one month they're a Christian and two months later they're like man I got I got to go sell some albums make some money and they go right back out in the world I remember when little Richard You remember, you remember, he became a Christian. And all little Richard's a Christian. And then people, somebody, I don't know who, but they ordained him to be a minister. And he was an ordained minister. A lady came up to me after service. I said this second service. A lady came up to me after second service and said that when he came to her church. And she said that it was terrible. She said it was terrible. How we don't give people a time to grow in their faith. We don't give people who make a profession of faith. We don't give them time to progress in their faith before we say, yes, this person's a Christian. Yes, this person is bearing fruit. Yes, this person's of God. We don't give that time. And Jesus is saying, listen, just because someone says, Lord, Lord, does not mean that they are going to heaven. Just because they say. Jesus says there will be a day when every man will stand before him and give an account for his life. And they will make a profession with their lips and they will say, verse 21, and many will say, verse 22, Lord, we've done many things in your name. And Jesus will say, I never knew you. Does that not shock you and astonish you? It does me. That's pretty sobering. Just because a person says, 
You know what John said? First John chapter one, verse six. I love this verse. John said, if we say we have fellowship with him and we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. John says, just because you say you're a Christian or you say you're walking in the light, if you're walking in darkness, John says, you're a liar. Now, now I, I, I love this verse. John is about 90 years old about this time when he's writing 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. About 90. And I, I can see that, and I found it true in my own life. The older I get, the, the older it seems, the older you get, the more blunt and frank you are. Doesn't it seem that way? You know, when you're young, you just, you just, you know, when you're young, you, you, you care, people love you, and they just want to wrap their arms around you, and you want to impress them when you're young. But when you get old, you don't care. You just say, you know what? You're ugly and you're a liar. <laughs> what do you want me to tell you? I mean, I find myself, the older I get, I have to admit, you know, this is confession time, I have to admit. I'm like that. I mean, the older I get, it seems the more blunt I get. And, and you know, especially when it comes to some, some boy calling my 17-year-old daughter at home. Oh, I'm going to be blunt. He called, you know, ring. Um, hello? Uh, yeah, uh, can I speak to Chanel? I'm like, oh, hi, hi, this is, this is Pastor Rodney. Y'all, y'all know I'm always nice. I, I'm nice about it, all right? Hi, this is Pastor Rodney. I'm Chanel's father, and I will kill you if you ever call back. <laughs> Love you, mean it. Click. Oh, I'm blunt. Come over to my house. Ring my bell. Who are you? And are you ready to die? I see. I just, you know, the older you get, the more blunt you, you, you get. And John says, John says, and he says, look, if you say with your lips that you're walking with God and you're walking in darkness, you are a liar and your profession means nothing. Now, four things I want to give you if you're taking notes about their profession or about what they say. Number one, you want to notice that their profession was orthodox. Orthodox? What do you mean, Rodney? Well, orthodox simply means that what they said was right. It was correct. It was true. It was sound. They said, Lord, Lord. That's orthodox. He is the Lord. He always has been the Lord. And he shall always be the Lord. So their profession was orthodox. He is Lord. The Bible says he's Lord. The Bible says, at the name of Jesus, every knee, say it with me, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Their profession was orthodox. It was right. He is Lord. But just because a person says something, listen, it is possible to say the right things and believe the right things and not go to heaven. It is possible to say the right things, believe the right things, and not be saved. Oh, you remember, we talked about it. Three kinds of faith. The Bible teaches there's natural faith. Right. For God has given every man a measure of faith. Romans twelve three. The Bible talks about saving faith. 
Ephesians chapter 2. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that is not of yourself. It's the gift of God. Don't brag about it. There's saving faith. And then there's demon faith. Demon faith? What's that? James chapter 2, verse 19. The Bible says that the devils believe and they tremble. Man, you see, the devils say the right thing. You remember when Jesus came up and was casting the demons out of the pigs? What have we to do with thee, thou son of God? They say the right things and they believe the right things. The only difference is demons are smarter than most people because most people don't tremble. The demons know that Jesus died. The demons know that he rose again. The demons know that he's coming back again. They know this stuff and they tremble. People, they know it. Ah, get saved. I got a life to live. Getting saved and being a Christian for old people. I've heard it all. So it is possible to say the right thing and believe the right thing and fail to act on it. How many times have we heard people say, you say, hey, you believe in God? Yeah, I believe in God. Of course I believe in God. Then yes, you have to define what God is for them. I mean, for some people, God is a head of lettuce. I mean, for some people, God is their bank account. God is their Lexus. I don't know, their house, whatever. But if you say to them, you believe in God, some people really believe in God that's in heaven. That's true. Some people have the right belief. Some people say the right things, and yet they aren't going to heaven. The difference is, why? Because they haven't committed their heart to the Lord. They haven't transferred those words and that belief into something that makes its way approximately 18 inches to your heart, where you say, God, I commit my life to you, Lord. I give you my heart. I, I trust you, Lord, as my Savior. See, this is the difference. Listen, this is the difference between Christianity and every other world religion. Go do your homework. Here it is. Christianity is not about reciting and believing a certain creed. It's knowing and trusting Christ. Amen, saints? Christianity is about a person, not a system. A person, not a program. A person, not a set of rules. It's about Christ. It's all about him. Someone once asked, what is the Christian faith according to Christ himself? The answer is, it is Christ himself. It's Christ. Christianity is about a person. So you can have the right words, say the right thing, believe the right thing, and not commit your heart to Jesus Christ. Their profession, number one, was orthodox. Number two, their profession was fervent. Did you notice in your Bibles, look again, Lord, Lord. That indicates fervency. They said, Lord, Lord, with a lot of feeling and a lot of emotion, as if feelings and emotions were going to be enough to get them into heaven. Oh, how many people substitute shallow Emotional experiences for true faith in Christ. I did that for a long time. My Christianity got down to a matter of how I felt. Some days I didn't feel like a Christian. So in my mind, in my heart, I wasn't one because I didn't feel like a Christian. And don't misunderstand me. 
I don't think that God is emotionless. I believe God wants us to be fervent people. I believe God wants us to be fervent in our worship. I believe when we come together, look, it doesn't take Steve Leslie worship team and nobody else for me to be fervent about worship. I don't need all that. I can walk in the door, get my seat right about there, and I'm worshiping the Lord, man. I love fervency. I think God loves fervency when people worship him with fervency and excitement and with emotion. I think it's sad when you can go to a football game on Saturday and you act like wild Indians. Come to church on Sunday and they act like wooden Indians. First church of the frozen chosen. I don't No, That's not good. That's not good. God wants us to worship him in spirit and in truth and with feeling and with emotion. But understand something. My faith cannot be based on my feelings. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.